Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I'm Nate, and Josh? Josh? Josh, where are you? Uh, I guess uh, Josh, is, Josh is a no-show, but we did, uh, since he flaked on us, which, you know, it's like 50-some-odd episodes, including bite-sized and everything else's, everything else's, oh, I'm talking really great. Um, I'm doing super well all by myself um, so far. But anyways, you know, he's never missed one prior to this, and uh, he had a bit of a scheduling conflict, so... The Brochachos themselves joined us. And the Brochachos is just our pet name for the, the, the two very fine gentlemen who help uh, sponsor this show through Patreon. So how about, how about it, West Coast West, a.k.a. the Henshin Dad? How you doing tonight? Dude, I am doing so great right now. I am on the West Coast, and I am on the Pacific Standard Time, man, and it's so cool <laughs> right now. It is so dark. I don't understand what's going on. I can't even go surfing right now, man, but I'm doing all right. How you guys? And we've got not-so-West Coast Micah Hendrick, Shadow of the Colossus, Lover Extraordinaire. I, I didn't have anything else. up, everybody? How are y'all doing? Mike Hendrick so. here. We are ready to talk some Vigi games and some backlog stuff. I'm excited to go. Dude, man, I love I'm... video games so much. And pizza. Pizza makes with <laughs> video games. It's the best. Okay, so the, the pizza the pizza question here, Wesley, is uh, uh, pineapple or no pineapple? Dude, I'm like totally about that Hawaiian style, except I've never actually been to Hawaii, but that's kind of just the thing I like to do, you know? So obviously pineapple. Which is actually, Obviously no, that's, that's a tragedy. I would never eat pineapple on my pizza. That's oh, disgusting. You're, oh, my you're goodness. killing me, Smalls. I'm with you, pineapple Wes. And, I'm just, no. Pineapple and sausage is legit, boys. Get on that. I mean, it's whatever. I, I, yeah, maybe I'm I purgatory. That. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, like I said, Josh couldn't make it tonight. Uh, so, Micah and Wes, they decided We took to, over. That, well, pretty much the transformation is complete. Yeah, it's uh, they're uh, they're gonna basically put me out of a job that I don't get paid for. Shh, so shh. our <laughs> master plan <laughs> is going according perfectly according to plan. Wes, Josh Absolutely. is out of here. We're moving in soon. Nate's gonna be out of here. He doesn't even know it yet. It is just a matter of time. <laughs> Am I gonna get suicided? <laughs> <laughs> Little Epstein reference. Oh, Took me a second that, to get that. that yes. If that meme isn't dead yet, uh, I don't know what is. I actually saw somebody on Twitter threaten to mute or block anybody who Epstein memed at them. So, Is it or, the Epstein meme or is the uh, woman yelling at the white cat meme being worn out right now? Uh, <laughs> I've seen, well, you know what? Funny thing is, I've seen the woman at the cat meme with an Epstein reference. I'm sure you so, have. <laughs> it's like it's like a perfect storm of overexposure to memes. It's a really good meme that's getting worn out for sure. Oh like it's legitimately. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh how you guys been? It's been a while since we've had you on. Micah, I saw that you've been playing that Death Stranding uh Hideo yeah. letter carrier simulator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely been it came out Friday. We're recording this on a Monday, so just a few days. Um, but I've got some impressions. Um, got about maybe 
six hours in or so. Uh, mm. So I've got some pr- impressions when we get to the backlog report. But yeah, I've been playing that. Um, just been, you know, just doing life with uh, homeschooling and three kids and, uh, you know, just work and stuff. So kind of had a lot of moving and shaking going on at work as far as like we had this big merger and stuff. Um, I won't bore mm. you with the details. But anyway, um, a lot of stuff going on. People are kind of winding down for the holidays and all that kind of stuff so you know office job um and uh it's just a lot of kind of stuff going on there but anyway it's good life is good can't complain um so yeah all is well in the hendrick home cool cool wes uh how's the west coast life treating you i mean besides pineapple pizza getting dark early and no surfing oh my goodness let me tell you i have just come off of like the most jam-packed two weeks that I have pretty much every year because it's the report card slash parent-teacher conference season, and it's just like, oh my goodness, I can finally, like, I don't know, get home before 8 o'clock at night. It's kind of nice. It's just, like, been, like, 12 to 13-hour days basically every weekday for the last couple of weeks, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, oh, this break is so well-earned right now. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it, things have been going great. Just, you know, doing the same thing, life with... A really, really hyperactive toddler and a never wanting to stop crying seven month old right now. So, you know, getting sleep is great. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah. How old, how old like, is your little boy now? He's three years old. Very oh much my. a three year old. Yeah. And a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, that's a tough it can, mm. it can be a tough age. Uh the terrible twos, uh they don't have anything on the whatever threes the threes are worse than the twos i think the thrashing thrashing threes pretty much yeah, at this point whatever they call them <laughs> the uh something yeah. <laughs> something yeah the, the, the snot nose kids <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i deal the, with a whole bunch them, of those on a daily basis so you know. true <laughs> <laughs> oh them chillins oh yeah and That's and great. he was he wasn't even talking about his own kids there so. <laughs> no. <laughs> no but um <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's well, that's good to hear that everybody's sort of like holding fast. Uh, you know, obviously, it's no secret. I work for the post office. We're starting to ramp up into peak season, and uh, here in a couple, well, it's actually it's actually probably already started, but uh, here for the next couple of months, my default state is just going to be tired. Uh, you know, when yeah. somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to be like ah, tired. Yeah, what did you have for lunch today, Nate? Tired. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's like the sort of the, the Sunday school answer of like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And the, the small child goes, Jesus. And, uh, my, my sort of response to that is just going to be. So do do you actually work just a ton more hours during the season or is it just more intense hours when you're working? The hours go up. But the volume of the mail okay. that we handle Surely. is what really happens is 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 really the bear. And uh, so it's like letter mail is going to start creeping up because people still send cards and stuff. And that's fine. Right. That's good. I'm all about that. I think that it's nice to do that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the parcels and the problem is like the parcels ramp up. And the first couple, the first year or two that my first couple of Christmases with the post office, packages would ramp up and then they would just drop off like mid-January into February. I mean, like it'd be like nothing, radio silence. And it was beautiful because like you have that like two or three months where you're just getting hammered. And then it's just like, oh, okay. Like I feel like I, but now what what's sort of happened in the last year or two has really been 
Um, so it ramps up and it does dip, but it doesn't go down as far as it used to. And every year that sort of the high water mark keeps getting a little higher mm-hmm. and general volume starts, it's just sort of like creeping up uh, as far as parcels go. And that's, and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing that's good for the post office, it's job security. And it doesn't bother me most of the time, but like, man, like, especially after like there's the crush of like December, you just want to break. So, mm-hmm. um, now do you cringe but, a little bit every time Amazon announces one of their big giant sales and everything? You're just like, Oh shoot. <laughs> uh, maybe at first now, nowadays I'm just kind of like, ah, eh. yeah. It's like when they do the cyber Monday or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, yeah, well, like you just, you know that the next like week or so is just going to be like a hammer. Yeah. So. I know all the retailers were kind of uh, crying about this year because the holiday season or the shopping season, I guess, starts six days later than it did last year, for example, because of where Thanksgiving falls and all that. Um. So it's just a shorter shopping season or whatever. So I think like sales and stuff are going to be coming out maybe before, you know, Black Friday and stuff. But I don't know. That seems to be the trend more and more each year i've seen some flyers you know i typically don't pay too much attention i'm a terrible shopper so (laughs) unless it's unless i'm buying something for myself i just don't pay attention to anything so um but that is neither here nor there so uh you know you guys it's been a while since uh either one of you have been on and i'm sure that you've played and read a ton of stuff in the interim but uh, let's let's just sort of hop into a modified backlog report, a special edition backlog report. Um, Wes, why don't you start us off? And if you fail to mention Dragon Quest Eleven, you will break my heart. I just want you to know that. Well, you know what? I am here to please you tonight because honestly, the only thing that I have been playing lately is Dragon Quest Eleven. That is literally it. <laughs> Pretty much on the switch. Are you still playing both versions simultaneously or whatever? Heck yes, I am. Honestly, I am like about two hours away from actually beating Dragon Quest Eleven on the switch because that two D mode just flies, like just completely flies. The PS4, I kind of, yeah, yeah. The PS4 version is a little bit. I I thought about doing the 3DS one as well, but you know, all the Japanese moon runes is a little bit overwhelming at times. So, but. Yeah, the PS4 version is a lot slower because I'm actually like watching all the cinematics and the voice acting is just like mm. top notch. Oh my goodness, I love the voice acting in this game so much, and it, it, at times it even rivals the Dragon Quest VIII voice cast. At times, and I'm sorry really? to say that, Nate, because like Yangus, uh, dude. See, you don't know I mean, anything until you hear Silvando though. Silvando is basically <laughs> like I don't know, like a like a Spanish, like Spain Spanish, like. Tommy Wiseau, basically, and it's just oh no! Every single line is a beautiful, beautiful piece of art. Honestly, <laughs> did you play the original uh, PS4 Dragon Quest Eleven version? Uh, I did out? not because I didn't okay. get a PS4 until like two months before the English one came out. But okay. the voice acting, there was no voice acting actually in the Japanese version. Okay, at all, I was so. going to ask you what your favorite sort of upgrade was from it, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I. I go back and forth whether I prefer the 3D mode or the 2D mode because I played a lot of it on the 2DS as well, and I just love that pixels like retro style and playing like an old like Super Nintendo game. But then the voice act—you don't get the voice acting in that one. So in the PS4 version, it's just like, oh man, this is just mm-hmm. so beautiful. I could just listen to this voice cast all night. <laughs> but it also has so. the MIDI uh, synthesized soundtrack versus the 
uh, Switch version has the orchestrated version. So, you know, it just depends on what you like. But that is yeah. basically all I've been playing. I've just given up everything else, and it's just been Dragon Quest. Mm. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And it been reading anything of note besides... Well, I'll let you... You've been killing a book. You've actually sort of offered up a, a bit of a, a reformed staple for the book club to read. Oh, yes, I did. And... There were like two or three of us who were trying to read it with you, and I dropped. I dropped out pretty early. I think Josh is sort of like maintaining, but he seems to keep um, going. Yeah, but yes, I did uh, introduce at the beginning of 2019, reading through the Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin, the seminal work by you know, I guess the original Presbyterian in that regard. I, I don't really know how he'd be. He's 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 an OG. The OG. You know, he was he was Presbyterian before Presbyterians were a thing. Exactly. So he's the the prototypical version of the Presbyterian. Basically basically. And I finally finished that exactly like on October 30th. So one day before Reformation Day. And I was just like, boom, I did it. I got it done. And I will oh, definitely man. reread it at some point. But oh my goodness, I'm waiting a long time before I do because I'm just like, it was weeks and weeks and weeks on end where I was just like, okay, I'm just plowing through this and I'm going to get it done before December because I know I'm going to be so swamped in December. So it's like, I got to get this done. Oh, dude. I mean, and mad props to like getting it done right before Reformation Day. That's a mm-hmm. that's that's like some like like reformed cred right there or something. I don't know, man. You like you, you just made like all the reformed dudes that don't listen to this jealous. Yeah, all my skill points are going up, but it's just you know I just can't reach the threshold yet of actually being a Presbyterian. So you know that pretty much just keeps me down in the dumps. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm surprised that you you read through the Institutes and weren't just sort of like so thoroughly chastened that and and just. You didn't just sort of join us in the Frozen Chosen. I'm a little heartbroken, but there's still hope for it. I mean, I I will not deny that a lot of those arguments were very, very compelling. And I think just the thing that I'm missing is just that I don't really know, like, people that I can interact with on a, you know, daily basis that actually are Presbyterian, like, face-to-face. So it's just like, until I can, like, really talk and meet with somebody that actually is, like, there, it's, I don't know. The only Presbyterian church we have here. Come out to Pennsylvania. Come out to Pennsylvania. Yeah. That that's a that's a plane trip. That's, that's a long plane trip. <laughs> but yeah, the only Presbyterian church we have in our town is a little bit um, not that great. <laughs> PC USA. Oh, I'm sure. Full blown, full blown. <laughs> Just leading the way, honestly. Oh my. So you got anything else of note, or did you know? Is that pretty much been it? I well. I, not not recently. I'm considering like putting together things I'm reading for 2020. Like I'm kind of like you know thinking I might read through the entire like bibliography of R.C. Sproul and just try to like read every single book that he's put out as much as I can. But that's pretty much all I've been thinking about. That would be an interesting uh, an interesting challenge, especially if it was chronologically. Um, it would be kind of interesting to see like from the publication date to now to like before he died and everything. So I don't know. That, that could be interesting. The arc, yeah. Yeah, he's the NG Presbyterian, cool. new generation. Yeah, he's he's uh, Papa Sproul. I've I've heard him refer, referred to, <laughs> but um, well, how about you, Micah? What you got? I mean, you've been taught. You know, we we sort of brought it up earlier, but you've been playing uh, Letter Carrier Simulator, also known as uh, Death Stranding. Nate yeah. Kiefer Simulator. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll save that for the end, actually. But um, <clears throat> I guess let me go into what I've been reading first. Uh, okay. For, I think I was maybe on 
the reform gamers at the beginning of the year talking about it, but I've been in this kind of year-long leadership program at work, and I've been reading. I've gotten to sort of handpick just some books I uh, get to read for that program, um, and one of them, <clears throat> Nate, is one that you've talked about on the podcast before, um, The Conviction to Lead by Albert Moeller. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm about halfway through it now. Um, this is the last one I'm going to have to read for the year. Um, but, um, it's a real solid book. It's nothing really earth shattering. <clears throat> um, have you finished it or did you, how, how much have you read of it? Yeah. Nate? You did. Yeah, no, I, I, I ended up finishing it and yeah, I would sort of echo that. Say so, like, I think it's, it's good. There's nothing sort of like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. He does sort of right. pull together some stuff and sort of solidify some things, but mm-hmm. he, uh, he has some real sound advice is what I'll say. It's kind of like, you know, as I'm reading it, I'm just not as touched as like some maybe deep theological book or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. really quality sound advice um, from a great leader. Um, but um, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's um, it's a good book. It's not a great book, but um, yeah, that's pretty much all I'm reading right now. Um, the Conviction to Lead by Albert Moeller. Um, as far as what I've been playing, uh, I got, this is really neat in my opinion. I um, have been following this indie game that's coming out for the PS4. Mm-hmm. It just came out this past November 1st, I think. Um, it's called Spirit of the North. It's this uh, a game that's kind of like your journeys or your abzus of the world. These sort of art pieces mm-hmm. that you can beat in maybe a sitting or two um, that are really minimalist in game design and really uh, visually and, uh, and, and musically striking. So I, I followed these devs and uh, on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere, they're like, hey, we got a few uh, review codes left over if anyone wants one. And I'm like, well, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I uh, write for the Reform Gamers, blah, blah, blah. You know, we have this sort of reach and everything. And I'd love a code if you got one. They're like, hey, here you go. And they sent me a press kit and a code before the game came out. Nice. And so I got to Dude. I got to review this game called Spirit of the North. It's out now for the PlayStation 4 and it's coming to PC and um, other platforms next year. So I'm assuming Switch and all that. And it's a cool little game. It's developed by two people and music by a third person. Um, so uh, really small in scope. It can be completed in about four to six hours. And yeah, it just kind of scratches that same itch as those uh, games I just mentioned, those sort of, um, you know, sort of walking simulators, but not like, you know, Edith Finch or anything like that. More of like like Journey and stuff. So you're this fox, and you are uh, going on this sort of... Um, you, you go up this mountain, kind of like Journey in a little bit, in, in some ways, okay. where uh, you are trying to... Um, uh, it's about bonds and connections, and you have this sort of spirit fox that goes with you. Um, anyway, it's it, there's no dialogue or text or anything, so everything is just inferred through what you're seeing and what you're intaking and what you're doing. So, um, But anyway, a, a neat little game there. Um, uh, just came out for PlayStation 4. I'd, I'd recommend that, Spirit of the North. Um, and then uh, I played Cuphead on the Switch. I'll briefly talk mm. about that. I mean, not much else to say about that. That game's awesome. Um, wonderful music. Uh, One-of-a-kind music, I'd say, as far as, like, you just don't see that in video game space that often. Maybe something like, you know, Bioshock Infinite had some interesting kind of, uh, you'd go up to a certain section and you'd have some interesting music. But this is like just really authentic, good jazz throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. And it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. You guys know about Cuphead. It's awesome. Um, so I played that and beat that. And I've been playing. Uh, you beat it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the whole thing? 
Yeah. Like all the extra fights and everything. Well, I think. I don't know. Is there something extra? I beat the devil. Oh, is my that the goodness. End? Like, where do you go <laughs> think from so. there, right? I, I think that's... Uh, oh the, I rolled credits, goodness. so yeah. I uh, actually... Uh, oh. Never mind, I won't say that. Maybe a spoiler. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, like, that, that game is really good. Hard, I thought. <laughs> like, really hard. <laughs> it's a challenge. I died. There's like a little thing you can go to in the in the world map that tells you how many times you died, and I think it was like 539 or something like that. So. Just 500. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know one of those games you immediately die and come right back in, and yeah, you're good to go. Um, and then of course I played uh, Death Stranding, like uh, I had mentioned earlier. Um, I did a bite-sized breakdown of Metal Gear Solid, so you guys know, or listeners of the podcast know how much I love Hideo Kojima. Um, Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 3 in particular are two of my probably top three or four favorite games ever. Um, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, his, his design and out-of-the-box thinking is really just uh, fresh and, and unique and, and um, just really cool. So anyway, this game is sort of shrouded in mystery. I mean, what I don't know. Like, do you guys want to know anything about it in particular? Like, do you have any questions? Like, it's like, like I said, it's the Nate McKeever day job simulator. <laughs> it, like, you, you literally start in the northeast of the United States. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's in Pennsylvania or not, but uh, you start in the northeast and you work your way west. And really, it's you know, I think people want to talk about the gameplay. Or people want to know about the gameplay. You are making deliveries from one post to another and making connections from east coast to west coast essentially slowly but surely and you you have uh cargo and gear that you need to take with you and you load up this huge backpack if you've seen any footage you've seen him with this enormous backpack or just things strapped to his shoulders or legs or whatever and it's all about balance and actually just traversing the topography and it gives you a bunch of sort of uh, rocky sort of you know uneasy uh, ground to walk on and so really you're not even um, there's not much combat I haven't encountered much um, but you do uh, work your way from point A to point B and you use L1 and R excuse me um, R2 and L2 to kind of like use your left and right hands to like hold your straps and get everything sort of balanced out and that's kind of neat how you can hold that um, and that like uses your stamina gauge or you can hold your breath and that will use your stamina gauge if you're walking through areas that have uh, what the game calls BTs it's like the ghosts or whatever on the other side if you're going through an area which is enormously frightening um, you can hold your breath and sort of crouch and walk around trying to avoid these guys but um, goodness the high points it is a weird game fictionally um, just of course you know I think we sort of knew that going in um, but it is uh, it's not like any game that has come out and that's awesome Um hmm. There's really, uh, I can't say that there's any game like it. Um, yeah, it looks like, you know, Game X or whatever, but the, what you're doing and actually what you're intaking and everything is like, this is one of a kind unique. There's nothing like it. Um, the, the From the Strange Fiction, which is absolutely fantastic in my opinion up to this point, there's a couple of... It's, is, it, is it fairly coherent? Because like, that's the thing with Kojima games is like sometimes like the narrative just sort of like spins out of control and he brings it back together but like to, to me it it is for the most part but i've consumed a lot of um 
just all the pre-launch stuff or whatever. Like I know more about it okay. than maybe the average person. Um, so I feel like I'm I'm uh, keeping up with it pretty well. But I think a lot of people would be confused about five or six hours in where I'm at. Um, I heard that there's a lot of story back uh, on, on like the back end of the game, but there's been a lot in the front end that's been really, really good. It really sets the stage well, I think, for, for what you're doing. Um, and all the voice acting and, and, and all that stuff is top notch, of course. The graphics, the, there's really good music in some of the more quiet, lonesome times when you're just walking through, you know, uh, wherever. Um, sometimes a track will play, kind of like uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 um, when um, okay. that Jose Gonzalez song came on when you walked into Mexico, kind of like that. Think that, where it was like just a song will pop on and it'll give you the artist and the song name in the, on the screen and we'll fill some time as you're walking and just kind of really give you some introspective moments um, that you don't get from a lot of games. Uh, so still early on, um, it is a... Uh, it's a one-of-a-kind game so far. That's all I can say about it. Uh, I, I can't say if it's great. I'm, so far, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, but um, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 10. <laughs> it's all over the map. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I'm really enjoying my time with it. It is right up my alley as far as like the fiction and the, the, the narrative and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I'm really enjoying that. Hmm. I've heard, well, and maybe I'll... I'll, I'll I'll ask you about this off off air, but I've heard that the death, like the dying mechanic, is kind of weird. Have you died yet in the game? I have not died yet in the game. Um, I've had a couple okay. of instances, and I'll, let me talk about this real quick. The, I mentioned the BTs, these creatures from the other side. So you have your your BB, which is your baby, and the little tank thing, and that basically interfaces with your gear, like your little shoulder thing that kind of has the. Thing that opens up and closes or whatever, um, and basically yeah. that's like your BT sensor. And if they're around, it kind of starts going off, and it will start slow and will speed up faster and faster if you get closer because you can't really see them um, except if you like ping your R one every now and again. Um, but uh, when they get close, and you, you don't know where they're at exactly, but when they get close, man, it is it is stinking scary. It is one of the most frightening things. This, this just the audio and the sound of them coming, and they try to drag you under this goopy tar mud stuff. And um, I've been able to escape uh, the two times I've gotten in a hairy situation, but no, I haven't died quote-unquote yet i don't think so mm -hmm. i know there's some I, I, I believe there's some weird stuff that happens if you do so still early on mm, weird stuff still in a kojima on. game what yeah yeah and, <laughs> and this is you know he's got the um the full you know the full license from sony or whoever is giving him the money to like and you make whatever you want to make and uh you can really feel that, and for better or for worse, it's it's refreshing to get a game with this budget, with that kind of cavalier attitude, with the creativity. I like it. Mm. Mm -hmm. hmm. <clears throat> well, I guess uh, so. What as far as what I've been playing, uh, it's been pretty much uh, relegated to the Division Two uh, with my brother and uh, Parker. Uh, we we were actually on for a couple hours earlier today, and uh, yeah, it's the it's more of the division uh, mechanics. Are, it's it's tightened up a little bit. It's fun. Like if you like the division, the division two is more fun. Mm -hmm. Is there specific um, like content that had come out that you guys were diving into, or just some raids and stuff? No, nah, it was like one of those things where uh, 
we had we're just sort of playing through the story uh for now and then uh we might depending on uh, i got it it was like one of those things where it was like 30 bucks for the game of the year edition or what like the and i was like man okay. yeah it was like yeah a, you know I was, I, I was saving like 50 60 bucks on it or something stupid so i was like yeah okay <laughs> like pulled the trigger and it was a game that parker and i had sort of said like hey if it comes up on sale yeah, I'm gonna pick it up because we played through the first one together and had a good time, and uh, but uh, played some Castle Crashers with Megan. That sort of she absolutely loves that game. Uh, well, no doubt it's one. It's well, it's it's a super good time, dude. She's got like a level. She's been playing just a mess of it, um, and she's got like a level forty four. Nice, wow. So she's she I think she's beaten the game by herself at this that point. That sounds right if she's forty four, uh, yeah. She I mean she was running rough shot over it. Um but we've been playing a little bit together from time to time. It, it's it's fun. You know, it's it's sort of it's it's a game where we sort of we can actually Megan and I have tried to sort of play games together before and because uh and it's mostly me. It's mostly me. Like Josh Josh and and samantha they'll play games together and like it's it's fine you know because josh is a much more genial person than i am i'm a grump and so are are one of those games you tried to play overcooked yeah (laughs) um we we got we got substantial and and there's a part of me that hopes that we'll come back to it but it also like we i get frustrated and she gets frustrated because I'm fresh, you know, and it's just kind of like just creates these feedback loops, and we're like, uh, anyways, uh, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I have been playing, and it's I don't technically count this because uh, I don't really think phone games are games, but Apple Arcade <laughs> is is kind of proving me wrong. Um, I've been playing that Grindstone game, okay, and it is. It's kind of like a match three, but not. Um, it's not about like switching blocks and, and creating. Um, it's because like in a match three game, you sort of you line up the three and you tap it and they disappear and you combo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The way that this game works is like so you have your little guy, and his name is George or Yorg, depending on it's. I think it's J O R G. So. You know, it's either George, Yorg, or George. You know, what, you know, it's something. George is funnier. Um, George is funnier. That's that's what that was actually sort of like my head canon. George is funnier. Exactly. Um, but you have like these different. Uh, they're called like creeps, I think, or something. But they're like monsters, and there's different colors, and you draw like a line between them, and the like the more of them you can sort of like combo into, the the bigger like. Um, after you hit 10, you can, you'll, you'll generate a grindstone, which lets you, and once you hit a grindstone, you can sort of change colors. Like it goes, it, it's, it becomes this game about sort of like just drawing lines on your screen. And, um, it's, it's a blast. It's like way more fun than it ought to be. Um, it's so much fun that, uh, I track my, my time on my phone, uh, my time went up <laughs> last week. My daily time consumption last week went up by two hours. Dang. <laughs> you know, on average. Uh-huh. Um, so I was on my phone a lot. Um, 
but grindstone's fun uh and i think i i kind of like the apple arcade model um the way that i've been sort of looking at it and thinking about it is uh colin moriarty from uh sacred symbols has has, and you know all the stuff ign Mm kind of funny before that but um he's talked about how a lot of the games that sort of show up on in the PlayStation storefront, there's just like, there's no rhyme or reason. And there's just a lot of junk that sort of drowns out everything. It's just, it's hard to find stuff mm-hmm. in a lot of these digital marketplaces. I, I would honestly say that's one of my biggest gripes with the app store, with all of it. Um, the Apple arcade is a bit of a cultivation service. And I, I like that because like, or a curation mm-hmm. service rather, but they're sort of saying like, these games are worth noting. And so, you know, you, you get that I have a month free and whether or not I'll keep, keep, if I, if I do keep it, I'm going to get rid of some other sub services that I have. Um, but it's just, it's like one of those things where it's kind of like, it's, it's like the, the five bucks a month to say like, Hey, there's cream of the crop stuff. Yeah, it's like, almost like the opposite of the Apple app store is sort of what it became you know, in the past mm-hmm. decade or whatever, where she was inundated in so much stuff you couldn't even, you know, filter through it all. And it's, and it really, and it, it's a way of sort of like weeding out that rates to the bottom garbage. Mm-hmm. So kind of, it, and, um, and I don't know, I'm a little ignorant. It sounds a little bit, or it feels a little bit like what the Epic Game Store is trying to do in the PC space as far as just, I don't know who in the PC space is asking for that, but just kind of a curated, more of a like, you know, here's our slice of what we think you will probably, you know, what's popular or whatever. Mm, maybe I, I, I haven't really played around with the epic with EG, and, and I haven't either. So I'm being a little ignorant here, but that's what it, I thought I, I heard. I, I was just gonna say like, I wish the Switch had something kind of filter program like that or some oh, kind of subscription program because everything that I'm saying, I'm like, I'm looking through the games each week and I'm just like, yikes! Like 90% of this is like I. I don't think I want to play and I don't think I want half of these advertised to me. Some of these are really weird games. Yeah. Well, the, the, the best tab on the switch and probably PS4 store as well is just that, you know, that best sellers for whatever mm-hmm. category you're looking at, you know, indies or whatever, just look at the top, whatever top 20 list, And pretty much you yeah. if you're kind of wanting to get a good idea of like, what should I buy next? Well, and two, I think, I mean, and I've, I've brought this up before, but I do struggle as a general rule with, nintendo's online stuff like not even just like the storefront bothers me because i'm like it's sort of bare bones it's there's there's like in the beginning it was fine when you had like 20 games tops like it's fine Mm -hmm. to just sort of like put it all there like at this point in time it needs to be a little more fleshed out um yeah put like a a genre filter or something in Mm -hmm. there and just nintendo i i know i'm hard on them and i try not to be but I'm just like, there are there are online stores and just network models that are in play that just just rip it off. <laughs> just just well, copy what they're doing. It doesn't make much sense because if you go to the 3DS eShop, at least they have like genre filters and ways to like yep. search up games each week. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like, Maybe I'm wrong, but like, has anyone ever not complained about a storefront that you use on console? I feel like... There's never been a quote good one. So like if you have a controller in your hand and you're navigating a storefront, how should it be? You know, it's like supposedly no I one's really ever made like a good one. The, the OG XBLA, um, the the Microsoft 360s, mm-hmm. 
the I really liked Microsoft's initial storefront. I thought the setup was pretty good on that one. And I don't mind PSNs now. Yeah, it's okay. I, it's gotten better. Yeah. But it works. The original Sometimes. Yeah, it's it's functional. <laughs> and I I honestly kind of like I like the deals tab mm-hmm. and I like the just for you tab. Sure, yeah. Sometimes the just for you, I'm like I I I got that game for free <laughs> like i'm pretty sure i own what? most of these things yeah. honestly <laughs> you bought you bought this thing and i'm like well sometimes I? it cracks me up because it's like because you played horizon zero dawn you'll like mlb the show I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> there's so much crossover there don't you yeah. see it i know it. that that algorithm is a little <laughs> funky at times um but anyway before we get too far off track uh just closing out uh i've been uh Reading some of the Deacon, sort of, still, I've been talking about that. Uh, and today, I spent, a, I, I got my tires. Today, I was fairly productive with my day off. I changed out my, I took all the screens out of my windows, put in my storm windows. I nice. uh, went and I cleaned out the cat's litter box, replaced, like, did the full dump scrape. That was gross. <laughs> Smelled terrible. Um, but he's got fresh litter and... Uh, and then I uh, I got my tires. Uh, I have a, a set of winter tires, studded winter tires, and I got them thrown on the rims and, and put on the Jeep. So I was a little, I, I wasn't a total bum today, but I spent a little bit of time reading. Um, I've started using Table Talk for my quiet time, my devotional. Um, it's, it's just a resource. I've, I've had a subscription for years, and, and I'll read through some of this stuff. There's a puppy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, um, so I've been using table talk. Uh, I've had, well, I've had a subscription for years and I, I've used it off and on, but I've just sort of said, ah, it's, there's a, it's a, it's a good resource. I've sort of just been floundering there for a little bit. So I'm just going to keep up with that. Um, it's been, and yeah, I've been doing that for like a week now. It's been good. Um, oh, I've been reading this, uh, John Murray book and I've been sort of off and on with that a little bit, but principles of conduct by John Murray. It's sort of a, it's, it's more of a, like an academic sort of treatise on sort of just biblical ethics. And, uh, it's, it's good. I just finished the, 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 the chapter. It's like the second or third chapter. It's on a theology of labor and, uh, it addresses slavery, the concept of slavery, how slavery's outworking, uh, even about how the Bible actually handles slavery, um, and just it's like you know there are different qualification you know qualifications and stuff and like you know what we know is uh, what's the word chattel or chattel chattel um, chattel slavery yeah I'm super smart people um, I can read <laughs> and I know words uh, but chattel slavery like that's actually that's that would be classified under man stealing and man stealing was worthy of the death penalty so um, just just saying like but the sort of the indentured servitude model which was sort of his his position is basically that the new the new testament lays out conditions in which slavery becomes not necessarily forbidden but becomes sort of untenable and that's that's the basic like he's like listen you know it it had its purposes it made sense under these contexts but it was never the intent and it's sort of it's he actually compares um, the way that that sort of indentured servitude works with like the argument for prisons, um, you know. So a lot of people he he's, he 
flat out calls prisons a necessary evil that are a consequence of the fall. Um, he's like, listen, in an ideal situation, you would not need prisons because no one would do this. But we don't live in an idea. We live in a fallen world. And so this reality demands this sort of evil where we must remove those who commit heinous sins from the rest of society to preserve society, you know, to preserve humanity. And it's, this stuff is fascinating, but mm-hmm. I'm weird. Um, no, so. yeah. Is this a more modern book? So. John, I get John Murray and Andrew Murray mixed up. So. No, it, uh, it's it's not. It's mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, well, when it was this one, this copy that it, I borrowed it from my church library, uh, sold for two dollars and forty five cents. Um, <laughs> but he was a professor of systematic theology at Westminster oh, okay, Theological gotcha. in Philly, mm-hmm. uh, so east we would now, but. Uh, March 1955, Professor Murray delivered the Peyton Lectures at Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, and this is just an expansion of that. Mm-hmm. So you guys can see the picture. But this is the, like I said, it's it's a copy from my church library. And it's it's not super long. It's a couple hundred pages, but it's dense. It is incredibly dense. Uh, he, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's very good. It's 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 heavy work, though. Um, so, uh, yeah, but that's all I've been reading as far as memorization goes. Well, I'm, I'm just, I, I've not been great. I am going to have to allow my, uh, when I see my family at Thanksgiving, um, I will have to allow my nieces and well, my niece and nephews to assault my person. <laughs> um, and, uh, I'll, I'll get pictures and we'll post it in the book club as, as, uh, sort of my, my foolish wager, my foolish <laughs> vow. Um, Man, I'd be scared but, to make that wager with my son right now. He's got uh, unbelievable memorization skills now. I'm just like, shoot, I can't keep up. He's got like the whole yeah. first chapter of John done. I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh my, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, well, and you know, the thing though too is like one, his brain's like probably way more elastic than ours. That's very true. Um, you know, like he's just like a sponge, which man, like uh, if Megan and I... Uh, are ever blessed with children, I will encourage them to memorize giant chunks of scripture at a young age. Like I'll, I want to go through the catechisms with them and all that, just because their brains can handle exactly. it. And now it's like yeah. I'm coming to it as as a man approaching his 40s, and I'm I'm or you know like in a couple of years, but yeah, I'm approaching my 40s, and I'm like ah, I just can't hold on to anything anymore. Um, and some of it is like. I'm just not giving it the time that I need to. So. Now that that's all been said and done, so here's the deal. Um, you guys very generously, you know, I threw out the offer when when we found out that uh, Josh wasn't going to be able to record tonight. I threw out the offer, and you guys both said, yeah, we'll, we'll hop on the mics. And then I said, great. Now it's up to you guys to decide what we're going <laughs> to talk about. So, because we didn't actually have anything mapped out for this week um, anyways. Um, so... 
And, and you know, I thought it, it might just be nice for the listeners. And, I mean, you guys are obviously some of our, two of our more devoted listeners. This is the way I'm going to, like, you guys, you know, you're, you're our only patrons. And so, you know, Josh and I really appreciate that. But, well, aside from me, but that's, <laughs> that's just my contribution to the, because um, Josh handles all the hosting fees and, he does all the editing and I'm just like, eh, well, I can. So, but you guys are our patrons. Um, you've been huge encouragement. Um, we have a lot of fun sort of in the, the brochacho lounge. And uh, I just, I wanted to have you guys come on and sort of bust it up and break it down with me. So what you got for me, boys? Well, I think we've got, um, really couldn't decide. And I think we alluded to it in the, in the discord, but um, we've got two. Uh, sort of topics of the show we're going to do. Dose. One really kind of topic, and then one sort of um, uh, we're going to do roast. something special with you at the end. Um, <laughs> Toast uh, roast. But um, I guess, Wes, maybe I'll, I'll take this part, and you can sort of lead this, the second section maybe. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about is, you know, we're wrapping up here in 2019, and had some great games, you know, but we've also had mm-hmm. some delays and we've had, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are some wonderful games to look forward to in 2020. And I know this is a backlog centric podcast, but we want to look ahead and kind of do some prognosticating, just some kind of, you know, fun thinking about the releases of 2020. So what I've got here in front of me is a list of games that are coming out that, that have firm months tied to them, or I guess sort of firm release dates, I guess, for 2020. And then a whole huge list of games that do not have dates. And so I guess there's no format here. We can really just talk about whatever you're excited about. We can go down this list and talk about games month by month or whatever. But um, really, you know, we've got both Xbox Scarlet and the PlayStation 5 that mm-hmm. should be launching in um, really heck. Today's November 11th, like a year from now, like early November, probably next yeah. year. It's weird to think about. Um, we're going to have uh, two brand new shiny consoles. Um, so, you know, we could think about that and talk about uh, titles for those uh, two consoles maybe. But um, I guess let's just dive into January and just I- I've got some games here. Um, not a ton, but I've got Final Fantasy Crystal Chron- Chronicles Remastered coming to the PS4 and Switch on January hmm. 23rd. Um, got Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection coming yes. to the Switch, Xbox, and PS4. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is, Wes? It's probably just one of the other million Yakuza games. I, it's not, <laughs> it's a, like, it's it's not a numbered Yakuza one, though, game. so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if it was like a... I didn't know I'm going to look it up while we're, while we're talking about it. Um, and Nate, have you heard of this game, Journey to the Savage Planet? Is this ring uh, a bell? I think... Is that I think that one's like a was an early access or like a free to play sort of thing. No, 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 no. I don't Journey to the Savage Planet. No, I I mean I I'm thinking of something but I I'm, I'm I'm not sure that I have it right. So fill me on on this one. And and just as a a bit of a note, that Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles thing sort of has me interested. I really like that game for GameCube. Um and that was something especially if they introduced like some online co-op with that would be like a ton of fun to like hop on with somebody. Um, 
Well, basically, it's just this really colorful-looking first-person shooter. I for, I'm trying to find out who the developer is. Um, uh, it looks like Typhoon Studios, published by 505 Games. I don't know if y'all have noticed, 505 has been publishing a lot of games here lately. They published uh, Control recently, and they've got Death Stranding on PC. But anyway... They, they also published Indivisible. Yes, they did. I saw that in Best Buy, a physical edition. I was like, oh, look at that. Um, That's, uh, I, I ordered a physical copy from Amazon because I liked it. Yeah. Um, moving on to February, we have Ori and the Will of the Wisp. This is a game that, man, it really uh, it really kicked us in the, uh, in the Dear Critics uh uh, fantasy league where we uh predict uh, review scores uh this was one of the mm-hmm. like higher drafted picks for 2019 and then got bumped um have any of you guys played ori in the, in the blind forest on xbox nope <laughs> i i have it on pc and switch i i'm a couple hours in it's like one of those games that i'm like i absolutely want to play it but i i've sort of gotten sidetracked um and it's like it's you know to quote josh that's definitely on my games of shame list and so yeah i I really want to get it for switch i don't have an xbox one but um since it since that and cuphead came out i've been wanting to get both those i got cuphead done so need to get uh ori as well um not a whole lot else in february that seems exciting for me personally i'm looking forward to iron man vr for uh, playstation vr Mm -hmm. that's coming out in february um, so that'll be fun. Moving on to March, oh, we have on, this on. is the big. I got interject okay, go real ahead. Quick. I am so sorry. Yeah, sure. I don't what you mean got? To interrupt, but no, I, I go gotta ahead. go back to January. Okay, so I looked up that Yakuza game. It's basically like the eighth Yakuza game. It's basically a reboot for the entire franchise. So it's gonna have a new guy with some really really cool hair. But I would be remiss if I did not like put some spotlight on Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Hashtag okay. or Sharp FE <gasps> oh. for the Switch coming out. Oh my goodness, January seventeenth. Okay. That's it. It's basically a Shin Megami uh, Fire Emblem crossover. I own it for the Wii Same. U. Um, so <laughs> there's the, like there's that that would give me one. There'd be one reason to just not have to fire up my Wii U. If there's one thing that the that Nintendo's done great with this generation with the Switch is all those picking the cream of the crop of the Wii U. Library mm-hmm. and bringing it over in a remastered version or a definitive edition or something like that over to the Switch is just perfect, you know, for that console that didn't get a lot of love last gen. If we could just get a Pikmin three well, brought over, that would be fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. there's so many games like just and and I I know like I really do like my Switch, but there's so many games where I'm just like, why why won't you just put this on the Switch for Pete's sake? Like your kid, it's like it's like. There's money that people would throw at Nintendo, like you know, yeah. I, I like a Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, re, uh, I, I am personally waiting for Wind Waker because I never experienced it the first time around. Twilight oh, Princess HD. It's one of my. It's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and I, I think like yeah, Twilight Princess HD mm-hmm. would be really nice to sort of have another one of those. Yeah. Wind Waker is a personal favorite mm-hmm. of mine. Um, like we we talked about a little bit about Death Stranding and it just sort of don't want to get too off the beaten path here and too, too far down the rabbit trail. I heard somebody sort of, uh, do you guys know who Chris Reagan mm-hmm. is? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. He, well, co-host, he co-host of Sacred the symbols. Uh, sacred symbols with mm-hmm. Colin Moriarty. Anyways, Chris Reagan tweeted out about death stranding. And he said like, there's, 
and I, I didn't watch a whole lot of it because I'm I'm trying to sort of avoid yeah too much. You probably should. Um without like my thing is like until I can play, I don't want to know too too much. I, I I'm curious. I'm really curious about a lot of it. But he one of one of Chris's favorite games, you know, it, it's a personal favorite of mine, personal favorite of yours. Wes is sort of lukewarm on it, but Shadow of the Colossus. Um eh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I know. Right. I know. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm throwing you under the bus a little bit here, man. But mm-hmm. like, one of the things that I love about that is sort of like the loneliness that that game sort of like brings, like yeah. the, the solitude and Wind Waker in a lot of ways. Like the the aesthetic is absolutely charming, but like when you're out on the ocean, mm-hmm. dude, man, it's just like it sort of like tugs at that same like feeling. And I think for me, it did it first. Like I played that. Well, yeah, I played that before I played Shadow because I think it actually came out before Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I'm not going to look that up. <laughs> if I'm They're wrong, very close together. I'm really yeah. racking my brain trying to think. It may have. It was very close. I'll fact check this. They're, they're, I think they probably released within the like the same year. Possibly, so. yeah. But, um, but uh, okay, moving on to March. This is a big. Uh, month. Uh, of course, we have the big boy Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out March 3rd. Are either of you guys getting this? How much do you care about it, Nate? I know you really pan on Seven a lot. Are you going to pick up um, the remake? I'm, I'll keep my eye on it. Uh, it's, it's one of those things I, I intend to play this at some point in time, but... Um, you know, I also want to be responsible with my time and stuff. So, like, I know it's going to be good. Well, I know that it's going to be a big deal. And so I'm just going to sort of, like, keep my ears and eyes open there. And uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing how they handle this because they're basically saying it's going to be, like, two or three three parts, right, for the Final Fantasy I don't know if they said how many parts it's going to be. It'd be, like, 20 at this point. There's three discs, but I don't know if that means that there's going to be three parts for this version. I don't know. But so short version is, I know they're saying that like, it's only you're only going to get through to a certain point. There was like originally like 15, 20 hours, and they're saying like it's going to be a full length chunk. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume 40 to 50 hours of gameplay there. And I'm just like, well, uh, I want to see how you handle that. Because right. to me... Seven, I'm just like, feels kind of weird and bloated anyways. But maybe, you know, and and Square Enix. It'll be really interesting how they scope that out for the rest of the installments. Whether it is just one more game or three or five or whatever. That'd be a lot. I I, I seriously don't see it going like. I want to see it do well because I want to see how this thing sort of tracks. Well, I think I think you should because, I mean, it's just going to mean good things for Square and it's going to mean good things for this style of, or, or this, you know, for, 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 for making a remake, basically. You know, it's going to open the door yeah. for, you know, I know everyone's like, well, why don't you make a Final Fantasy VI remake in that great, uh, uh, I'm losing oh, the name of the game that came out last year, RPG, uh, Octopath, Octopath Travel, you know, something similar to that. And it's like, that'd be so much less budget. And it's like, if this does good, I think it would help open the doors for things like that. Um, so you should mm-hmm. want it to succeed, um, even if you don't really care for seven that much. I think. No, I, I, I mean, it's it's sort of like one of those things. Like, I want to see. I, I used to be a big Square Enix guy. Used to love their games uh, before 
you know, I, I was big into Enix before it was Square Enix and I was big into Squaresoft. I enjoyed a lot of games from both companies. Um, and what I've noticed is there was a trajectory and they just kept getting like weirder and sort of, you're right. I think they lost, they lost sort of like to sort of like speak a little bit of Christianese and as they lost sight of their vision. And I feel like, uh, Octopath Traveler, I think was in some ways a little bit, and even sort of like the Tokyo RPG factory initiative, that's a way for them to sort of come back to really what they're really good mm -hmm. at. And bravely um, default. And so, and bra oh, dude, don't get well. Bravely default. Like Josh and I were sort of having an off. Mm -hmm. Like I think we might have been texting back and forth. But bravely default and uh, bravely second are actually, in a lot of ways, I think, kind of precursors to Octopath. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's some differences there. You know, obviously, I and just to be perfectly frank, I love that chibi style. I'd I'd love to see them do more of that sort of like anyways yeah so i i want i i am juries out on final fantasy 7 uh, boom yeah the ff7 remake for yeah. me and i got so, mine on pre-order already but, so I'm just like, i was about to say wes you got it on lock or not but to say me you and jesse gonna be first in line man i tell there you, you what all right jesse knopp is probably going to like <laughs> try and figure out a way to be the first person to, yeah he's like he's like he's gonna like you know bribe mm -hmm. some like customs officials or something i, I want to see jesse post in the group like that he beat it when i'm like downloading it or something like that <laughs> and here i'm hoping like they do I, I i'm personally i really like final fantasy 7 back when it came out and i'm just like man it would just be mm -hmm. cool if they just like redid the entire anthology so we didn't have to rely on like little flip phone cell phone games in order to get all the story honestly that would be great mm -hmm. and if we could like yeah. play crisis core yeah. and then like updated engine that would be fantastic oh my goodness agreed if they incorporated crisis core into that remake in some way, shape, or form, that'd be game over mm -hmm. for me. I, I that would that would like if somebody's like, oh yeah, you can you know you can play twenty hours of it is is really Crisis Core. I'd be like, done, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. For these next few games in March, I'm going to ask you guys which one will you buy out of these three: Neo Two, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, or Doom Eternal? Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, Animal West. Crossing. <laughs> All right, Animal Crossing. Wes, tell me, me about Animal Crossing. What, why are you so excited about Animal Crossing? I'm not entirely sure why I'm excited about this one, honestly, because it almost feels like a step back in so many ways. It, I, I don't know, because you start from basically nothing, and that's a little scary to me, because I'm just like, whoa, okay, is this like Minecraft? I don't know. And I I was a little bit lukewarm on the cell phone game that came out uh, like last year or something, and I, I stopped playing that pretty quickly. But I'm really hoping that this is basically like, going to bring back what I really loved about uh, New Leaf on 3DS, because I probably dropped, like, 300-something hours in that game. Like, it's just an absurd amount of hours, mostly just farming for gold bell or the bells, basically, and going to that special island and catching all the special fish. But I don't know. It's just mm. it's, it's Animal Crossing. It's on a big, shiny screen, and we haven't seen that since the Wii, mm -hmm. basically. And I'm just like, all right. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I think it's going to be real good comfort food for the Animal Crossing audience. Oh my um, I, I've never, I never played one personally. It's not my cup of tea, but it, mm -hmm. it looks from from an outsider's perspective, it looks like Animal Crossing comfort food is what it looks basically. like. I don't know. 
Um, and two weeks maybe ago, I'm missing I, something. I bought actually a couple new uh, packs of Amiibo cards for Animal Crossing because I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm nice. looking forward to this so much. This might work. <laughs> I better get these just in case they're on sale. So I brought like well, two or three packs. <laughs> Animal Crossing is March 20th. And also on March 20th, we have Doom Eternal, as well as Doom 64, by the way, mm. uh, releasing alongside yeah. with it. But anyway, uh, Doom Eternal. Nate, I picked up uh, the, the first Doom from three years ago or whatever, and it, I haven't mm. played it yet. I'm going, I think I'm going to play it after Death Stranding, hopefully before the end of the year. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what do you think about Doom Eternal? You, you think it's going to be bigger and better? Um I I've heard about like a hub world and I know a lot of people get worked up about that. I'm I'm kind of like whatever. As long as the gameplay is sort of that tight sort of I mean, dude, I I had a uh well, my buddy Parker, we were talking about it. He played through it, really enjoyed it. He he was like, "Uh, eh, he's like the contents, he's like the gunplay and the gameplay are super tight. The level design is super clever. It's just a really fun game." He wasn't so sold on like some of the just <laughs> you're fighting demons and it's like he's like eh he wasn't super keen on that but other than that like it, it it that like that's a game that I just can't like doom is really good and so as long as they don't and just like hey you got a shotgun that has a grappling hook built into it yeah yes please <laughs> like i'm in I'm in. I, I watch a lot of the Easy Allies' content and um, Ben Moore, one of their you know writers and stuff, he was at this past E3, he was saying that uh, the Doom Eternal demo was the best demo he's ever played in his life, mm-hmm. like E3 demo or whatever. And he, he's an industry veteran and stuff, and he is very high on Doom Eternal. So I think it has the uh, the pedigree and the it's looking like it's going to be a great you know like nine out of ten at least kind of game mm-hmm. um, as far as that gameplay at least um, uh, I, I want to move along a little bit more of a swifter pace here we've got moving into April we got and May I guess I'll lump these together Cyberpunk 2077 Trials of Mana for PS4 Switch and PC um, Marvel's Avengers in May and The Last of Us Part 2 just got bumped to May 29th so out of out of those I just listed, Cyberpunk, Trials of Mana, Avengers, Last of Us Part Two, any of those tickle your fancy? I'm, I might say something that's a little controversial. I'm kind of a hard pass on Cyberpunk. I might be as well, um, the, because of the the, the nudity mm-hmm. and the adult. Like it's it's going to be pre- so prevalent, mm-hmm. and I just like. And again, that's not an area where I particularly struggle, but I'm just like not comfortable with yeah. that. Um, yeah, I think, and just the sort of that that trans what, transhumanism what that? basically mm-hmm. yes that whole movement is kind of weird and and then it's you know it, i'm not even gonna offer any more commentary on that uh the trials of mana i'm very interested mm-hmm. in um and then uh last of us part two <sighs> last of us part two man i mean that game I get tingles. I get the tingles. Yeah, I mean, I, it, any Naughty Dog game, heck, um, they're just the best in the biz at what they do. Um, mm-hmm. They always look uh, just beautiful um, as far as just the, the, the realistic nature of the graphics and everything. And, you know, um, I think maybe Adam was talking about it. Maybe it was not on an actual episode, but like a patch notes or something. Adam Sutherland over at TRG. You know, it's just like you're not 
it's kind of hard to avoid, you know, any of that uh, sort of stuff in this day and age in any medium, you know, talking about sort of the uh, LA lesbian stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I know a lot of people are kind of turned off by The Last of Us 2 because of that. And I, I get that. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I would hope maybe you would be turned off by other things in The Last of Us 2 before that, potentially. I'll just put it that way. Um, you know, oh, the the sheer visceral nature correct. of that game, sort of like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, like I don't know, like I really, right, I really want to play it, but like, and and the and the, the difference for me is like, so we brought up Doom and Doom Eternal, like Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal is going to be Gib Fest galore, mm-hmm. but the yeah. the the violence is sort of cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Where The Last of Us Part Two, I think, like that violence is going to be freakishly accurate mm-hmm. in in a way that should sort of, I mean, it, unsettle it, us. Knowing Naughty Dog's striving for perfection in all those sort of regards, mm-hmm. it it is probably going to feel like the most realistic violence in a game up to, up to, up to this point. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever and whenever it releases next year, so um, it's going to be as long as they can handle it in a way that sort of people aren't glorifying in it or glorying in it. Like it, it, I want it to make me feel bad. One thing I think, I think it is going to do that. One thing that I took away from the most recent preview event that they had, um, I won't talk too long about this, but basically, um, all of the, let's say you're in a area and there's like eight dudes that you're trying to stealth around. They're trying to find you or whatever. They all have names, like every single one of them, all eight of those Mm. guys and the two dogs that are there. They all have names. So, you know, if you take out so-and-so, they're like, oh, they got Billy. I mean, they got Billy over here. You know, and all that sort of stuff. You're like, oh, man, I just killed Billy. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Um, uh, things like that, I think, are, um, are in this game. And we'll sort of, you'll feel the heft of that violence, I think. So it's going to be a fascinating game, in my opinion, um, from that perspective, especially for the Christian, uh, as far as kind of mm-hmm. weighing that out. And I'm really curious to kind of see some of the contents of the game um, as we get closer and closer to release. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think I have a pretty um, thick skin when it comes to that sort of violence and stuff. But, you know, there there's a line, certainly. But um, I've got my finger on the pulse of that game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So outside of May, once you get into the second half of the year, it's really kind of a crapshoot as far as release dates of these games. And so there is a lot of good games that are that have no release dates that I want to speculate just for another, I don't know, uh, 10 or so minutes maybe about. Um, not least of it, I'm going to talk about this one because it's been on your lips here lately, Nate, and, and Wes, I know you love it. Is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 coming out in 2020? Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. Yeah, I don't either. It's like they're using... The, it's... Well, go ahead, Wes. I, I mean, it's just they got all the engine, all the building blocks, basically. I mean, they've probably been working on that since, you know, the Wii U, basically, when they've been putting the finishing touches on Breath of the Wild and we're just kind of waiting. So, I mean, they probably had some ideas for like DLC that they just felt like they could just fling out into a full-flung story. But I don't see any reason why it couldn't come out this next year, especially with all the surprises that Nintendo just tends to throw at us that we don't even know about. So, Well, we'll think about this. And I guess Nintendo sort of usually does this, but like... What is their big middle of the year game next year? What's their big end of the year game next year? Like, we don't really know, do we? Unless like Metroid or something gets announced, but that's probably not happening, right? Metroid Prime 4, I mean. 
Uh, I think the, the Metro Prime Trilogy remake might be a good mm-hmm. candidate but for that. But is that like the big tentpole game for the fall? You know what I'm saying? Probably well, not. Not a tentpole, yeah. but that's it's definitely. I think it's a hype driver. It is. So It is. They so tend to I, release some of their smaller titles in September. I could see that being like a September release for the trilogy, but then something else has got to come out. Like they, They're just too, too silent on so many things. Yeah, I'm with you, Wes. I think it comes out next year because of, you know, it's sort of a um, a uh, Majora's Mask to uh, uh, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. Time. Thank you, Nate. Good grief. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of situation where those came out. Did that come out a year later, Wes? Yeah, just Majora's Mask. one year later. It was just yeah, about you know, a year. the same engine and all that stuff. So, you know, a lot of the assets already built. So I'm, I'm thinking they're also going to get this out by the end of the year. Let's move over to Wes. Let's see here. I've got. Are there any? Well, first off, do you have this list in front of you? I do. I do. By chance, um, any games on this list that jump out to you that you want to just talk about real quick? There are a couple. I mean, obviously, Digimon Survive. Holy cow! That looks mm-hmm. kind of actually frightening. Because if you look at the little anime cutscene <laughs> that they release, I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is like giving me some uh, Shin Megami Tensei vibes. A is bit. there a, any idea of when in the year this is coming out, Digimon? If I had to guess, I'd say the Digimon game would probably be out in like March or April because they released the little cutscene like several months ago. And I feel like they've been working on this forever. Like it was slated to come out in 2019 at some point and then it just got bumped back. So and there's been mm-hmm. you know screenshots of the gameplay and everything. So and actual video. So I feel like that's got to be out there. But yeah, it's looking sure. a little, little scary. <laughs> One that is a, a big question mark that, that I've got my eye on here is Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. for the PlayStation 4. This is from Sucker Punch, uh, the guys who did Infamous. Mm-hmm. Um, this does not have a date at all, but uh, Sony executives continue to beat the drum that it is a PlayStation 4 game, not a PlayStation 5 game. So I think we'll probably get this in like the September, October, right before the new systems come out. Um, but that's that, that one looks really good. But Nate, let's talk briefly, real briefly, about um, just hypothesizing about PlayStation Five and Xbox Scarlet launch games. Like I, we have Halo Infinite that is confirmed to be an Xbox Scarlet launch game uh, whenever it comes out. But other than that, there's no anything. Or is there any hopes or sort of uh, thoughts that you have towards that? I think, well, one, uh, there are going to be a lot of games. So we brought, we talked briefly about The Last of Us Part Two. I'm probably actually going to wait to pick that up until I get a PS5. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's going to, it's, it looks like what, what it's going to do is going to tax the PS4. Maybe I'm sure. Sort of the pro. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying like, I'm sure that they'll find a way to sort of like build in those benchmarks and safeguards and whatever. And and play it on PS4 because um, Ghost of Tsushima is one of those that if, you know, when I get around to it, if I get around to it, I'm going to play it on the five. Um, I think, uh, what is it? Gorilla has been pretty silent yep. on an HCD to like a Horizon Zero Dawn uh, sequel is probably in the works or um, what's their, kill zone. their shooter or a kill zone. Um, Frankly, I'd rather see the Horizon Zero Dawn too. Um, I think we're sort of flush with shooters in a lot of ways yeah. that we don't necessarily. I think, and, and like here's the thing: if you throw in a shooter against Halo, it's going to lose. 
Yeah. It just, it's going to lose. Halo, like, I'm not super sold on those games. I like them just fine, but they never had the clout for me that they did with other people. But, like, it is a benchmark series. It is a high watermark. Exactly. It's it's a cult following, and it's it's a, it's a bit of a cult classic, whatever. So, and not in a creepy way. But <laughs> Gorilla, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's got a very devoted fan base, and it you're just not. And and especially since this last gen, in a lot of ways, Microsoft fans have sort of been clamoring for something like this. So, like, dude, like the the Halo Infinite is going to, and especially. If sort of, it, because everything that I've seen from it, people are people are hyped, you know, about this game. Like yeah. and everything that's sort of come out about it and all that they're talking about, like, dude, this thing's going to be a monster. So you throw in a first person shooter as a release title, you're not expecting it to do well. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I just think it makes sense. Like, um, especially. I mean, I'm I'm in the camp that I think Horizon Zero Dawn sort of got drowned out by Breath of the Wild, and unfairly so. Um, you know, but and again, not to to go there, but Breath of the Wild sort of clobbered Horizon Zero Dawn, sort of choked it out a little bit, just because it's Nintendo and it's it's a Legend of Zelda. Yeah, game. I, I think uh, but, I think that Gorilla will be there at launch with a game, but I don't think it's Horizon Two. I think that's too much pressure for a launch game and horizons too important to Sony for them to push it out at launch. I think, well, I mean, it's been a few years. So. It has, but it's just mm-hmm. a big game. I think it's going to take a while. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they will have something, I don't know if it'll be kill zone, but something like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, from their quote B team or whatever. Um, but I, I think they will be represented there. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of Microsoft's uh, Microsoft's newly acquired studios. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Obsidian obviously just came off with the Outer Worlds, so I don't know if they'll have anything enormous uh, ready to roll. But perhaps um, Ninja Theory will have something to show at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be ready for launch, but um, uh, I'm looking forward to see what they have up their sleeve for Microsoft. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's maybe a little too far away to speculate, but um, we'll probably be getting some information maybe early 2020 with that sort of stuff. But Wes, any hopes and dreams for next-gen console games? Gosh, you know, I feel like I I sat on not getting a PS4 for so long, and I finally got one like last year, and I'm just like, dang, this is really fun. I should really like be on the ground ground floor with the PS5. So I'm I'm really like curious about that. But then I'm also like super curious about everything that xbox has gone got going on with their game pass stuff and having all that Very stuff intriguing. just like oh just immediately available well, well, think about this you know we just talked about how big halo infinite is going to be you're going to be able to buy an xbox scarlet and uh if you have a subscription already you're not gonna have to buy a game you're ready to go with halo mm-hmm. infinite that's a cool mm-hmm. prospect it that's is an enticing prospect for for a lot of people i think I think it's gonna it's gonna they're definitely gonna have a better launch than the Xbox One had for mm-hmm. sure. I th- I think too, just this coming cycle as a general rule is going to be much different than anything we've seen before, because both of these systems are coming in, and there's going to be at least with the previous generation backwards compatibility. Like it's it's a given, and so you're going to have a pre like this is like a yeah. PS2 to PS1 sort of or PS1 to PS2 sort of jump. And so you're going to have this pre-established library and maybe there will be some tricks for some of the older PS4 games. Like you play it in a five, you get like bumps. Like it just automatically Mm -hmm. like 
cleans it up, runs it a little tighter, mm-hmm. a little faster, a little smoother. I mean, we've already seen the Spider-Man. Uh, we've heard about like the goes from 12 seconds yeah. to one or something yeah. like that. So there's going to be stuff like that, um, just general quality of life yeah. stuff. So, But then you're going to have these, basically, you don't, like, one of the big things for me always was when I bought a new console, I wanted to make sure that there were at least, and it was sort of this weird formula, like this weird, like calculus I did in my head, maybe algebra, whatever, you know, devil Trigonometry. math. <laughs> yeah, it was some sort of weird um science i had going on in my head but it was like i wanted to make sure that if i was going to buy a console i could look at the library and say there is so the console is 250 bucks there are 250 dollars worth of games that i want to play for this console it was just sort of like so just you know 50 bucks a pop five games there needed to be five games that i could say like if i can get one of those five games on day one or two or whatever, then I can justify buying this console. And now that sort of that sort of metric is out out the door for me. Cause it's like I can just I can play my old stuff and it'll play nicer and play better. Like, okay. Yeah, well, you know, someone in the TRG Facebook group recently asked, like, hey, I just got a switch. What should I get? You know, a pretty common question. And it's just like someone was like, you know, if you get Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, you're like set for like a long, long time, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be the mentality, you know, if you wait a year on the P- PS5, for example, and say, oh, okay, this big game and that big game, if I just get those two, now they're on sale for 30, you know, so 60 bucks for both. I've got literally my whole year mapped out, you know, or whatever. Um, and I think that's a lot of like what's going to push me probably towards the PS5, but I'm just really like holding out that there's a way to be more backwards compatible honestly, with a lot of the games that came before, because I'd love to, you know, start digging into some old PS1 and PS2 and PS3 games. And PS3 mm. is basically yeah, nostalgia I, at this point. You know, so. <laughs> the PS3 is the holy grail that I think they're trying to solve for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know, I'm willing to bet that they have one, two, and obviously four ready to roll as far as backwards compatibility, and they're trying to mm-hmm. figure out three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's it, cell they want to, man. they want to, when they reveal the PS5, they want to say one through four backwards compatibility, put your discs in mm-hmm. rock and roll. That's what they want to say. Um, and I don't know that they're going to be able to get there by the time they announce it, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they do. They haven't, I mean, like the, the problem is that, that cell architecture was just a mess. We, I mean, like, dude, like we have machines that are way more powerful than the ps3 now as just as far as like general pc usage that still have problems emulating like we have not there's no really good ps3 emulator out there um so i'm just saying like there's there's they're in for something yeah if if they can do it if they can say that i think they'll win a lot of hearts you know and they'll they'll get a lot of sales uh for the for the five they may have already Um, sold it at this point and they're just not telling anybody they're just saving that as the big bombshell yeah yeah Yeah, i'm just you know inferring from interviews and Mm -hmm. stuff i've read but uh but yeah of course no one no one really knows um okay wes you want to dive into the uh second half of the co-main topic or whatever absolutely the back end of this bro chacho <laughs> bonanza oh man is that enough alliteration for you guys back end of the i don't know that sounds a little weird but you know i'm just gonna roll on from that <laughs> um so i i thought there has to be an opportunity to embarrass you a little bit or to really just give you some i don't know some questions that might actually just kind of make you blush a little bit now, there probably won't be anything like that don't worry but i, I 
I, I am fairly shameless, Wes. Shameless. So. <laughs> well, we will test that theory out right now. So uh, the All question right. is, Micah, do you want to go over your questions and we can just go back and forth like that? Or? Well, how about we go back and forth? How about we do that? Sounds perfect. So you got your questions in first. So why don't you go your number one? I'll go to my number one and we'll just go. Okay, um, so these are just some sort of, you know, get to know Nate questions. Let me make sure I have um, have everything. Okay, question number one. What is one game you know you would love but have not played? Mm. That's rough, dude. Um, and some of these questions might be like Nate's thinking for 30 seconds, so Josh, you might need to put in some Jeopardy music or something. There you go. You get one minute to answer, though. It's lightning round. Uh, you, you know, okay, like, uh, there are a lot of games that I just sort of pass on just because I'm like, I just don't, I, I know I would have a good time. Uh, I look at that that latest Fire Emblem game, and that's probably in that that series where I really want to play that game, but I, the the likelihood that I actually will, like I, this is sort of answering the question. Um, I I probably just won't. <laughs> like, just well, I, then, I, I, I look at that game and I'm like, I look at that game and I'm like, oh, I I'd really like to play that, but I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, I'll just I you know I it's just like as I've gotten older, especially like my time is at a premium. And especially sort of as I'm pursuing like the diaconate and everything else go- going along with that, like I'm just like, man, like I have to sort of just be a lot savvier. And so mm-hmm. it's stuff like that where I'm like, um, honestly, I'll, I'll give you a, a game that I want to beat, and I don't know if I ever will. And I own it, but I really want to go back through and play persona five. And I want to like dive deep into that thing. And there's a good chance that I will never do it. I, I want to play that game really, really bad as well. But the the length really scares me mm. for some weird reason. Even though I just put 120 hours into Nino Kuni two, uh, <laughs> so I don't know why it scares me so much. That commitment though is just like, uh. But um, dude, when you tell me it's like it's like a Dragon Quest seven, right? When it first came out for the PlayStation one, they were like, it's 90 hours minimum, minimum play time, and I'm like. I'm like, <laughs> like there's something about that, that makes me go there's there's a good one right i'd love to play og dragon quest 7 or dragon warrior 7 and i will probably never touch it because 90 hour price tag just to mm. play through it like one time no thanks. on the 3ds it was we 66 out. hours minimum for me and that was me like trying to speed run through it basically mm. so guide Damn. the whole time i'm just like oh my goodness Okay, so your answer is Mega Man Legends. All right, so the first question that I have for you. <laughs> I've played Mega Man Legends, beat it? though. I've played it. Oh, you beat yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, I played I played it. Uh, I played Mega Man 64 and oh Mega goodness. Man Legends. A little bit more hardcore oh. than me, then. All that fog there was a little go. weird. But number one, then, for me, what is the undisputed best console ever? And you can only choose one. Period. Mm. I'm going to say PS2. Uh GameCube is probably up there for me. Uh, I really like the GameCube, and I feel like it had some like a- absolutely incredible titles. Like Eternal Darkness is is just a fantastic piece of work. Um, Dennis Dyack is a hot mess, but mm-hmm. then, <laughs> uh, but dude, I mean PS2 is sort of like just uh, like the numbers don't lie, and there's so many like and and it has a huge library. And even among that library, yes, there's some real turd sandwiches in there, but there's so many really great games that sort of came, like uh, Resident Evil 4 
um, Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, man, there's frankly, there's so many that my brain is like stumbling. There's Tony so many Hawk, great games. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two and Three. Yep. Um, Kingdom I mean, Hearts. Um, Psychonauts, Kingdom <laughs> yeah. Hearts. One and two were on there. Uh, Dragon Quest Eight, the original run Beyond on Good Dragon Quest Eight, Final Fantasy Twelve, mm-hmm. Beyond Good and Evil. I mean, that generation, like that machine, had so many great games on it, and the fact that you could play your old PS One games. I mean, uh, you know, I've I've mentioned I just did that bite size on Valkyrie Profile. Valkyrie Profile Two was on PS Two. I mean, uh, Radiata Stories. I mentioned that on PS Two. Like one of the the, the original mm-hmm. Persona Four that, yeah. on PS2, yeah, Persona mm-hmm. Three on PS4. Like, I mean, it, the one regret I really do have is getting rid of all of my like one of one of a few regrets I have as far as like my gaming collections as hobby stuff is like, and it was absolutely necessary at the time. But I really regret getting rid of my PS2 and get rid of, getting rid of my PS2 library and the, the couple of PS1 games I had managed to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, uh, moving on. Uh, next question here. Now, don't want to get too vitriolic here, but what was the last game you hated? Like you played it, and you're like I hate this game, or or is there a game? Have you never played a game that you've hated? Uh, there are games that sort of, I stop playing because they're just ridiculous. Um, like I, it's hard for me because like when I play something, I want to finish it. Um, but I don't know if there's anything that I've played in, in a while that I, I honestly say I've hated. Um, well, that's good. I, I I'll tell you what, uh, I don't. I don't know if I actually have anything. Like, I mean, I I rip on Final Fantasy VII, and that's just because I'm a, a I'm a jaded six and nine fan. Um, uh, I'm sure there's something that if I, if I thought about it long enough, I, I'd dig something up. Um, man, I, you know, there there's some games that I'm just like, nah, this is not worth my time. Hate is a strong word. Maybe I should have gone with uh, something else, but. Uh... But anyway, we, we don't have to. Uh, I, I mean, I'd have to sort of look back at sort of everything I played. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that I've abandoned just because, like, I'm like, this isn't compelling. This isn't good. Uh, it just move on. I think some there maybe some standout turds. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a trophy right there. Standout turd. <laughs> a, a, the standout turd. Um, you, you know, I think just even sort of as what I would say is there were a lot of like PS one games that I played just because that's what I had. And now I would probably look at them and some of them I would just flat out like despise. Sure. Um, But nothing sort of off the top of my head. Uh, Maybe, maybe there was something. So, you know what? There's a game that I hate. And I hate it because I I loved it. Uh, I hate WoW. Oh, Oh, yeah. I hate World of Warcraft. Okay. Uh, I sunk hundreds of hours into that game. I was about to say, where is this headed? Yeah, that makes sense. And, like, I played it for, like, 
It's like literally like one of those games that like I had the before they put the in-game timer in it. It was like a couple years worth of time into that yeah. game, and I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just you know I, I think about that, and and I hate I just hate that formula. Like I hate that that sort of. Um, I mean, some people don't get that way, but I just I hate I hate that game. So all right, moving on. Question two for Wes. The next one that I have is which game series absolutely needs a sequel? And I think I already know what the answer is going to be, honestly. But oh man, dude, it, it's there's so many game series that need a sequel, or I'd love to see like uh, a sequel. Um, man, well, tell me what you think I'm going to answer, and and maybe that'll help me narrow down some of mine. I mean, just hearing your Valkyrie profile or. Valkyrie Profile, is that the name? Yeah, yeah. that one. This is like, man, Valkyrie it sounds profile. like he really wants more of that. Um, I, yeah, I, I would love to see them revisit that, that series. Uh, I, I would just like, like to see more Trias games, period. Uh, they just, they do some really interesting stuff. I, what I really want out of Valkyrie Profile is I just want a good remaster slash remake of the first one that I can play on current gen consoles. Um, as far as just like a game that I love to see a sequel to maybe skies. Well, that's more of a revisit skies of Arcadia. It's a tough question. Um, <laughs> dude, like you guys are asking some real stumpers here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, there are games that I've probably even in the show said, like, I think would deserve, deserve a sequel. I mean, I'd love to see like Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. get a proper sequel. Like that, I, like honestly, that's that's the game. Like if if somebody was like, we can make a sequel that will be like the, like caveats here, right? If somebody could say would say like, and, and in a lot of ways, the game doesn't need it. But if somebody said we're going to make a sequel to Chrono Trigger that isn't going to be Chrono Cross, that isn't going to be bloated and sort of a mess, um, as as enjoyable as I think that game is, like I I. Oh, I a day one, day, like okay. I'd be like, here's my money, take it now. Uh, or a good Final Fantasy mm-hmm. Tactics sequel, hey. not like that advanced, the advanced stuff. Like Final Fantasy Tactics for the PS One and the the the, P, the War of the Lions PSP remake, it's a phenomenal game, and and like it's, I it's one of those things like. Why not give us a sequel? You to guys that? talk about Cuphead. Final Fantasy Tactics is freaking hard, man. <laughs> I did not get far but in that game. It's a grindy back in the hard. Day. It's 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 a grindy game. I, I mean, I want to see freaking Mother Three come to like give me that. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> how much money would you pay for a third Bravely Default game, though? Oh my goodness, dude! Um, Thirty nine ninety nine. Nah, I'd probably pay full sixty. <laughs> nice. Like they get sixty dollars out of me. Like I really mm-hmm. like those first two games, and that's one of the reasons I'm sort of dragging my feet on Octopath is because I know that like once that 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 hook because I'm a mechanics guy, I love story, but like like and even with Shadow, it's the mechanic. It's like that gameplay. Like once it gets into me, I'm like I'm just like, and I just like there's a switch in my brain that just goes, and I just doop, down the rabbit hole, and so that's like for me. 
Like, it's, well, and even to, going back to Valkyrie profile, it's the mechanics. Like, I love like those really clever mechanical loops. Like when you do something that just vibes on on like that mechanical level, like as far as gameplay goes, like something current, Spider Man. This the the swinging in that game, and everybody talks about it. But the swinging in that game, I could spend hours just ripping around that skyline yeah. because it is so incredibly satisfying. And it's like, dude, like I love those mechanical control hooks where it's just like, you've got an element and it just like clicks. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Moving out of the video game world and into the snacks world. What is your favorite soda? Um, hmm. I drink a lot of Coke Zero, um, and like <laughs> I'm sorry. I, like, I, it's hey, I uh, I like regular Coke, but the the calories. There you go, Wes. Um, but I was gonna say, like, if I'm buying just to buy, it might be Cherry Doctor Pepper. Okay, now we're talking. Cherry Doctor Pepper is legit. Like that's sort of like if I'm not counting calories, that's the one I'm buying. Um, but I am also a fan of Mountain Dew's uh, kicks Mount, Mountain Dew <laughs> Mountain Dew's Kickstart and mm-hmm. Game Fuel mm-hmm. uh, energy drink Who things, <laughs> um, the, and the the tropical ones oh like gosh. the mango tropical citrus ones. They're Pretty my sure favorite. The yellow can. Legitimately, cans, the only reason like, I don't lose weight, mm-hmm. honestly. Pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a uh, yesterday um, in order to sort of get through the day. Oh no! It was, it was, it was earlier today. I cracked cracked open my uh, my mango kickstart, mango lime kickstart, and I I down some cold medicine and I pounded. I, I sipped on that for a little bit, How's and then that How's sort of fueled fueled me through the first half of the day. And then when I hopped on the division, I cracked open the game fuel, the the tropical the blast game fuel, and I was like. Sipping on that while I was so Mountain Dew. Nate is living his best life now. Yes. It will not be a very long life. Oh, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> it's like, but see, I only do that. I do that like once mm-hmm. a month, if that. Like, I try to not really consume a lot of, sh- but it'd probably be like either Cherry Dr Pepper or the those sweet Mountain Dew. Do you do the Cherry yeah. Vanilla Dr Pepper? mix or is this cherry dr pepper the the vanilla is oh, too man. much I, I don't think like i like mm. vanilla but in soda i don't i don't like the vanilla mm-hmm. flavoring that goes in a lot of sodas mm. i just so, it's too bad too right. bad yeah you, you know nobody's perfect yeah you know. <laughs> i understand so, so i'm going back to the realm of video games briefly uh which game series this is kind of you know different from the one with the sequel but which game series just absolutely needs to totally stop like right now or yesterday or last year mm-hmm. or whatever just one that really grates gets on your nerves that sort of thing mm. this one's hard because i, I don't hate a lot mm-hmm. of games um like you know we just talked about it uh if if wow went away sort of like and we never heard about it again i'd be okay with that think more maybe um, along the lines of games that they just keep making these types of games well, 
here's here's the thing. Like, I don't want to be the grumpy old man. There's like we want like, you to be answers. the grumpy old That's man. That's why we're asking We're letting. Honestly, I I think like the Call of Duties, if they just went away, like I would be perfectly content to never hear about another Call of Duty game ever. Um, but I know a lot of people like them, and the the, the games do a lot for. Oh yeah, you know the mm-hmm. the industry. So I'm just saying, me personally, it you know like Call of Duty could go die in a fire. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, they they crack them out every year. Um, okay, we're gonna get a little. Um, or or ooh, oh, wait. what you got? Maybe maybe the Madden games. Okay, yeah, or, or any you know sports game like that. If you're not into the sports balls, just like that's that 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 constant iteration where you're just getting a new one every year. I'm just like no, like mm-hmm. no. Assassin's Creed before they got good again. Mm-hmm. Those ones you. were probably up there. I would have said that back that, then. Like, yeah. I was like back in the like Unity I, and, days or something. And honestly, uh, I was really on the fence. I was actually at one point when 15 came out, Final Fantasy 15, I was really like, eh, I don't know. I think they're done. But people like I'm it. I'm just glad you so, didn't say yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Otherwise, uh, Bad Attitude Billy is going to give you another voicemail. I, I thought <laughs> that's where it was going to go, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, it, it, Kingdom Hearts, I mean, it has its place. I just don't. I, it doesn't like show up enough. It doesn't register on my radar. There I like the first two. And it, for me, the win like part of what happened was it was too long. It was too long. Yeah. And I, I know there was like all the little like handheld stuff with I'm map like, in the title. No. Yeah. yeah. Like when when you're throwing algebra in a title, like no, we out, we out. <laughs> all right. Here's one to to think about. Um, kind of a just I don't know something fun to think about. Anyway, what is your favorite gaming memory with Megan? Um. Hmm. She doesn't game nearly as much as I do, but I remember. Um, I have two, sort of, but one of them is a. Uh, it, it it reflects poorly on me, but we were still dating. She had a Wii, and she had Super Mario Brothers three in it, on on the mm-hmm. Wii or in it on the Wii. And we were playing, and you know that part where like you can like get up on the other person, and when they go to go around you, you can hit A, and if you beat them in that little mm-hmm. mini game, like the OG, you can steal the turn. Yep. <coughs> I started doing that, but the problem was she was beating me, <laughs> and I was get, like I got salty. There were um, many fights in my house about and that. So, yes. Um, we actually like we actually it became a rule you just didn't do that because all it did was make the great strike i was the oldest so yeah um but uh but i think like it was it's it's been a lot of fun like there have been a few games where she really just sort of like jams on them um and and it's kind of fun when she gets into something um and just to sort of sit back and watch her enjoy um the the hobby because you know she like we we've played uh we played uh nba we we hooked up her super nintendo at one point in time played nba jam and she just was clowning me because i was never great at that game all right and uh, was anybody ever good at that game but uh then uh, i know yeah. some people were uh we played we played uh street fighter and i i trounced her like it wasn't even it was street fighter 2 and i just it wasn't even a competition um but then uh 
you know, but uh, I think a game recently, you know, she's enjoyed Castle Crashers, but also she really likes Rogue Legacy. Okay. And so, yeah, I have that on my Vita. And uh, even watching her play like Super Mario Odyssey, uh, it's really neat to see her sort of want to play those games. So, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I would just say, I would say it's not, it's just the fact that she's been able to sort of, dip into that slowly get into games over the herself. over the course of the relationship mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's always fun okay i'm going to shorten this one up a little bit because i was asking you a top three in both categories and i feel like we could talk all night about this but for the sake of time uh mm. what is your favorite your top the best the cream of the crop christian book and then your top secular book i, I don't know if there's a better way to phrase that but just you know that's not distinctly mm. christian but something that you like whether fiction or nonfiction, something that you just really hold in high regard. So one in each category. Hmm. Uh, as far as like just a, a theology or Christian book goes, um, hmm. that one's tough. That one is really tough because there's uh, one of the ones that sort of always pops up for me and out is, uh, and this is a man that I would not agree with theologically in a lot of ways um but aw tozer's um knowledge of the holy it's it's short it's like 150 pages um but i think in that book he asks some really good questions that force us to really examine uh how we interact with the god of the bible and there was a quote that sort of stuck with me out of his book and uh, out of that book that has sort of resonated with me um, where, and and I'm not going to quote it verbatim because it's been a while, but the idea was that the, the problem is that our picture of God is broken. And so we worship brokenly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's sort of like the general concept mm-hmm. there. Uh, I think that it, it's a book that I've given out dozens of times because I think like, it's it in a lot of ways, uh, and again, I would disagree with Tozer and where he lands in a couple in in some you know tertiary or secondary issues, but um, I think that it's just it's a good little it's a good little book for priming the pump and sort of drawing people deeper. As far as like uh, secular books go, I tend to pretty much I I like a lot of fiction. Um, and I think one of the best authors I've ever read, he's, he's a contemporary guy. Um, and I haven't, I've read some classic lit, but I'm not super I'm, like I've, I, I have Anna Karenina that I need, I've been meaning to sort of dig into. Maybe I'll make that a project for next year. Um, just sort of chewing through that book. But anyways, Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. wrote a book. Um, he's written several books, but the book in particular that, he wrote that I really, really actually made me fall in love with his writing style. And some of what he writes is really crass and perverse. And I can't mention or recommend it in good conscience, but Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman is one of my favorite pieces of fiction because it's bizarre and funny and charming. And he, it just really sort of showcases, uh, his, his, his narrative craftsmanship. And, uh, Yeah. Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman is probably like, I mean, it, it, we did the the Norse mythology book that was phenomenal. He did that too, and uh, 
but that book is what turned me on to him. Hmm. So, uh, honestly, never heard of so. that. I got to look at that now. Excellent. Yeah, I love Tozer. Um, A.W. <clears throat> Tozer's uh, The Pursuit of God, I read mm-hmm. maybe about three or four years ago. Really, really good book. It's a good one. Um, all right, last question from my uh, list here. This is my favorite question and one that requires much deep thought. It's a good one, yes. Um, which game IP needs its own fast food restaurant? Like a themed restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, like if, uh, you know... Mario, for example, like this is a Mario Brothers themed restaurant. What IP needs its own fast food franchise? Oh There's so goodness. many different ways you can go with this. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of me that like wants to make some joke about like Kirby. Um, Ooh, I like where your head's like at. a Kirby themed fast food restaurant, but... I just like that disgusting. There's there's a song I can't recommend it Good Conscience, and so I don't recommend it. But Cold. let me tell you about it anyway. It's, it's about Super Smash Brothers, <laughs> and he it just one of the lines is like, "While Kirby held Donkey Kong in his huge disgusting head," and that's like that's the line from the song. And so that's all I think about sometimes when I think about Kirby is just him holding his enemies in his huge disgusting head. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, Wendy's is sort of like v- venturing into that territory. You guys mm-hmm. hear about their tabletop game? No. That so sounded really... I read the rule book. They, they did a pen and paper tabletop adventure. Oh, I have the PDF. I haven't read it. Amazing. Oh, my. It's, and it's supposed to actually be fairly mm-hmm. playable. It looked like it. Um, like, And Arby's marketing so. is always video game related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... And, I mean, like, if Mario Brothers, like, the easy go-to would be, like, like Italian. And Italian and fast food is just, like... Yeah. yeah. Oh, about all that. Dog. Um, what would a Silent Hill restaurant be like? <laughs> terrifying. Oh gosh, and I no. would not eat there. Health score um, of 20. Yeah. Uh, you know... It, all of all of the the meat that they would serve would be slightly rotten and questionable in origin. Disgusting. I'm pretty and, sure Resident Evil had like um, one of those little pop up cafes in Japan at some point, and it. I, I remember like looking at pictures oh, of the geez. food, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this would give me nightmares. <laughs> this would give everybody nightmares. You're eating like these weird brains. Mm. I don't know. It was really disgusting. It was nasty." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the the listeners can't see, but I'm over here just sort of shaking my head and cringing. Um, I okay, you know I'm just gonna go with it. I I think like a Kirby's themed restaurant would be interesting mm-hmm. because like the thing is like it could just be mm-hmm. whatever. Like you could it just be like just it could just be called Kirby's. <laughs> it could just be called Kirby's. It's sort of mm-hmm. on brand with Arby's, yeah. Wendy's, Hardee's. It's got that two mm-hmm. syllables, um, big boys, you know, or big boy, whatever. Uh, Specialized in strawberry you know, milkshakes, mm-hmm. pink milkshakes. Oh, <laughs> strawberry milk, pink, stra- strawberry milkshakes are my favorite milkshakes. Oh, there you that go. So, we, you, like, you know, but like, get, give me some like good Americana because like Kirby's not, not American in any way, shape or form, but I just like, I like like. A good burger. Give me a good burger. Shaped like a star. Maybe like, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have any, like. This is sounding like Hardee's. Yeah. More and more. 
Yeah, just or or just like yeah, I just went like I just like good hot sandwiches. So there we go. All right, all right. Kirby's, Kirby's, big boysy Kirby's. Kirby. All right. So last question I got, I got for you. This is probably gonna. I, I don't know how beefy this one's gonna be. This could be like five seconds long or like five hours long. I don't know, but it's a good one to end on. I think. <laughs> Where do you see the podcast going a year or two from now, or even beyond? If you want to speculate. Uh- Well, Without giving too much away. Um, oh, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the ep- uh I was going to do this, and I forgot. Uh, well, it's that provides an interesting segue, and we should have talked about this at the beginning. But um, I would, I, I don't know, frankly. I, I have no idea. I would, uh, I, I hope it's still going strong in a year or two. Um, I mean, I enjoy this time with Josh. I think too. Uh, one of the things. I want there to be a voice of moderation, of self-controlled application. I want, you know, because I think it's one of the reasons Josh and I, I sort of pitched this to Josh is because I want people to know it's okay to like, yes, play video games. And, and sometimes it's okay to play a lot of them, but I also want to encourage, especially young men in the Christian community to put this thing in its proper place. And it's, I think a drum that I come back to and I try to beat, you know, hammer, hammer on that as much as all, as I, as I can without sounding like a grumpy old fart. Um, And especially as I've sort of been going through the diaconate training and just sort of recognizing what that's the the demands that that's going to have on, on my time and everything. I want to be able to sort of share that experience with anybody who's listening and saying like, listen, yeah, this is still one of my chief hobbies. This is still something I love to do. But in light of these other things, these bigger and better callings, like I, it's okay for me to not play as much. And, and, and so I, I want that voice to be present. Um, I just want to be encouraging the audience to, to be growing in grace and knowledge and wisdom and maturity. And sometimes I definitely, you know, and, and 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 honestly, dude, like I, I even thinking about like that Valkyrie profile bite size I did, I'm just like, man, there's so many so many things that we've talked about that I want to revisit, and maybe my thoughts have sort of gotten a little sharper or a little more focused, or I feel like my, maybe my position has changed a little bit, or do you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't see an end uh, per se, just as far as like. I don't know how long it'll go. And I, and I think like too, like there's Josh and I are sort of really, you know, we we're going on like a year and a half now. We're, we're sort of into our second year at this point in time and, and sort of, um, and I think in a lot of ways too, like we're really starting to sort of find our vibe, find our voice, find direction. Um, and so I, I'm really glad you asked that question, Wes, because this this gives me the opportunity to sort of segue into this thing. Uh, so one of the things Josh and I are going to be doing, and uh, this is you know, we'll be tweeting about it and talking about it, and so you know, tell all your friends. But uh, one of the things we're going to be doing is in the next month, or roughly, we're going to be compiling a top 100 greatest games of all time list. Um, and it's going to be generated by the listeners and by people in the book club and by people on Twitter, by us, by our friends. And uh, it's sort of, there's, 
it's it's a fairly easy system but what we're asking we're we're, we're well, starting with this episode and i'll be tweeting about it and posting in the book club and on facebook about it but what we would like people to do is send us a ranked top 10 list all right so like i want i want to know what your number one is i want to know what your number two three four five six seven eight nine ten keep it to ten okay um but email that to us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com or you can tweet it, direct message it to the BB Downcast Twitter. You can direct message it to me or to Josh on Facebook or Twitter, you know, and send us screenshots so that, you know, tweet at us, you know, like we're going to have to sort of try to come up with a. We're, we're still trying to figure out all the logistics of actually getting the entries. But what we're going to do is we're going to use those lists to populate this, um, this, this top 100 list. Like, you know, you guys have already given me your top 10. I've sort of farmed it out to some other people. And so hopefully I'll be getting theirs. But one of the other things we're going to do is everybody who submits this list. And this is, you know, uh, is going to go into a hat or an, you know, a drawing generator or whatever. And we're going to be giving away a gift card uh, to, you know, whatever that person's, I mean, it might even just be a code, but like, we're going to give away, like, I, I think Josh and I had said $25, um, but like, so $25 in the switch store or $25 PSN credit or $25 for Xbox credit or something comparable, um, you know, or if you want, some, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, but we're, we're going to do a giveaway, might do a couple smaller giveaways too. I don't know. Um, you know, there's some stuff that I'm sort of working out on the back. You guys, uh, uh, saw, I printed out those, my, well, my wife printed out those mm. stickers. Like we're thinking about doing uh backlog breakdown, a run of the, like, I'll do like a specialized logo for the sticker, like a sticker and maybe sending those out to people. You know, there, there's stuff that we're sort of like playing around with and trying to figure out. And so, I mean, the more people we get involved in this, the more robust this list is going to be. The goal is to get 100 games. And so, um, like I said, send it, send that to us. Send that to us at the email, send it Twitter, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's where I can say for the foreseeable future, that's where uh, especially sort of the next year is going to be sort of spent sort of dipping into this list and and part of what we're going to be doing is uh you know picking a game or two off this list from time to time and just examining it so that means playing through it or if it's possible playing through it and you know sort of saying does this really belong here or you know does it belong higher does it need to be further down on the list sort of similar to uh that uh what was that uh the Mm -hmm. this nintendo life or that nintendo life Sort of what they do, I, I really kind of like that. Um, but I think in in a lot of ways, we this is a little bit bigger, a little, and you know, I want it to be driven by people who actually play the games, not just some some dude sitting in their ivory tower. Like, listen, IGN does their top one hundred, and I, I have to give them credit. That's that is what it is. But like, that's like fifteen people. Deciding what the the best 100 game, you know, or maybe it's 20 or 30. I don't know. But even then, it's like, you know, and a lot of them play games professionally. And it's kind of like, eh, well, whatever. That's sort of like, there's a bit of an ivory tower, 
ivory mm-hmm. tower sort of thing there. But um, so that's, you know, we're going to be spending a lot of time sort of dipping into that and sort of playing through that. But it's, you know, the goal has always been about um, stewardship and responsibility and just, you know, putting things in the right place. And so, you know, learning to honor God and, and glorify him with, you know, not just our talents and our money and our, you know, our other things, but even in this hobby. And, and I, I don't think there needs to be, I don't think it needs to be something separate. Like I, I don't see it deviating from that. So that's, that's my TLDR answer, Wes. No, I'm just, I'm just completely like uh, thinking about, man, how, how, I'm really looking forward to the 79 hour episode that's going to be covering all 100 of those games. I mean, boy, the really bad at brevity <laughs> thing is going to be a really easy one to stick to, I, isn't it? I think uh, Josh and I really haven't talked about how we're going to handle that one, but I don't know if we'll read all 100. It might just sort of be like, we'll talk about like a highlight or something, or it, it might have to be a twofer. Cause I mean like, dude, like we, we talk about, 12 things like you know josh and i and i I don't know if you guys have noticed this too but i've noticed this sort of when we do the episode in-depth stuff like so micah when you came on for shadow of the colossus we turned it into two Mm -hmm. episodes but it was like two and a half and we like chewed through the the colossi it felt really fast and it felt and like man like that's honestly like that's something that i want to revisit at some point in time, it's like really just maybe spread it out mm-hmm. over like three episodes. And maybe that's something we, we can hide behind the paywall or, or I don't know, but at that point in time, uh, anyway, we'll figure it out, but put that, put that one in your okay. cap. Bring on a contrasting to, to voice possibly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Might bring Wes on and him and Josh can take pot shots at us and call us farts well you know for this um, top 10 list we're trying to acquire we have a template you need to fill out where shadow is already slotted in at number one and then you just fill out two through <laughs> ten, and uh there we go as <laughs> i i reserve rights we'll be sending that template um, out actually everyone. at the the first draft um when it was just me and josh um actually chrono trigger was in spot number one mm-hmm. that makes sense it for you two guys and uh but then as soon as your your votes came in Shadow went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And I was like, attaboy. Yeah. Attaboy. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's stuff like that that I, I want to revisit because like, I think too, like something it's, it's about, it's about pursuing excellence. And so one of the things is I want to really call out those really excellent titles. Like I think the Silent Hill 2 episode was really interesting in a lot of ways um, because there was so much to that game and you know, I, I, I kind of felt bad cause I was, I was drained when we were recording that. Like I was like, I started to fade towards the end real bad. Um, <laughs> I felt bad for Josh because the game was interesting at, at the end of the day. I'm not really sure that I liked it, but I admire it. And so it's like one of those things where I'm like, I appreciated it, but at, at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, it was a game and it, like it doesn't fit into my personal top 10 or even my personal top 25 or 50 but i'm like it's it's a very good game and it does a lot of things really well there's some things that it does not do well but um and so it's like examining those those sort of those those snapshots of excellence and saying like listen especially since we only have a limited amount of time 
Like if you're going to play games, play the best mm-hmm. ones. And so it's in, in some ways, hopefully this will, will help other people sort of chew through some of that stuff and think through some of the stuff and, and whittle away at their own sort of lists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Here I think that's go. one thing that you and Josh do really great is is sort of um, you know you, you kind of pound that drum of you know look especially in this day and age with the inundation that we have like we were just talking about in the, in the Switch store for example there's just so many games you can take your time and pick the 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 cream of the crop you know and even wait for a sale to get that cream of the crop game you know mm-hmm. and there's there's uh, yeah, like just don't don't waste time with mediocre when you can be playing, you know, something better, you know, and spending your time a little bit wiser. But uh, but yeah, always appreciate that about you guys' message. Thanks, man. I mean, that's that's definitely what we try. But Wes, I, I know that we're sort of run up against your window of uh, time, so we should probably. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Any last shots? That you want to fire? Uh, nothing I can think of. You pretty much answered that question way more than I would expected you actually to have done that. So <laughs> it's like perfect. All right, it's the perfect way to put the cap on this. I think. Okay. Yeah. Mike, uh, th- thanks Mike, for having us on. Yeah. Um, no, this is yeah. good. Uh, Josh, wish you could have been on, but uh, but yeah. I mean, enjoyed getting on and chopping right. it up. Well, don't 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 mm-hmm. run off yet, boys. Um, we need the sociables. We need them socials, unless you don't want it. But where can we get a hold of you guys? Well, my social security number is... That's what you mean by socials, right? Six, six <laughs> new credit cards just Dang opened it. up. Oh, man. Got to pay those off, too. Um, so I'm basically just plugging my stuff up. Okay. Uh, I... Yeah, plug, stuff, plug your stuff. stuff. I ostensibly have a podcast that has not been updated in a little while, and that's just because, you know... Life happens and parent-teacher conferences really. happen. So, you know, things things happen. Yeah. So I am known as the yeah. Henshin Dad all around the internet now because I somehow ended up getting that username first. I, I, I don't know. I guess people that like this uh, tokusatsu genre basically don't have kids at this point or they don't get married. And that <laughs> probably says a lot about the genre in total. But uh, that's, that's me. I have the Henshin Dad podcast. I do short-form stuff on tokusatsu programming, which ranges from all sorts of different things and Ultraman's going to be the big focus for the next several uh, years, probably, because there's like 1,200 episodes coming on over mm. to America and a bunch of movies, and I'm just like, well, shoot. Oh, oh my goodness. I guess I need to get all this. So that's me. Who's 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 dumping I, all that stuff? Is it Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus? It's, What's it uh, well, you on? can actually get some of it on Amazon right now through a different okay. program, but th- there was this huge lawsuit going on in Asia through the Subaraya Productions, who have are the rights holders to everything, and they were like really fighting people in China about the rights, and now that they Subaraya actually has all of their rights back, they're like, okay, we're dumping this all in America right now. And so they partnered up with Mill Creek Entertainment, and I, there's just Blu-ray boxes is coming out like every single month, like two or three per month, so I'm just like... Well, there goes my money. I'm glad I'm not buying games right now through the mm. <laughs> backlog golf stuff because, dang, I'm buying literally uh, everything. And it's glorious, and I love it. And that's all I'm going to be talking about. So you can find me on Twitter with that handle as well. And that's that's pretty much it for now. Okay. Uh, you Micah? can find me on Twitter at Doug's Vest. That's D-O-U-G-S-V-E-S-T. Um, also on the GG app, um, I, uh, I play games. Mm. 
And um, other than that, I'm up on, you know, the Facebook groups for uh, Backlog Breakdown and TRG. And um, actually, Wes, you just, uh, you and I both have been writing for the ReformGamers.com. Um, you've yes. got your Pokemon uh, retrospective that you're sort of going through, the mm-hmm. series you're going through. You've been posting articles like uh, like mad, just going left and right. I've seen articles pop up. And um, and I, uh, <laughs> the Pokemania. and. <laughs> and then the uh, Spirit of the North review that I mentioned at the top of the show. Go check that out yeah. over on thereformgamers.com, uh, where Wes and I both have some articles up over there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me at. I'm, I'm around. And if you're like me, uh, don't don't worry if you get his name mixed up with Doug. I, I I call you Micah and Doug like interchangeably in my mind because of that username that I see. In no, I get it. <laughs> I get it all, all the, the time, time online. They're just like, "Hey, Doug." <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm like, "Yep, that's me." I'm just like, "Who's yeah. who?" <laughs> that's you. <laughs> well, I think we've sort of danced around it, so I'm gonna we're gonna start to wrap this puppy up. And uh, I mean, I'll throw out you know, obviously I mentioned it before. Uh, you know, love to get any feedback about the 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 episode in general. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely want to get those top ten lists sent in. Um, you know, and, and again, the the email address there is the backlog breakdown no spaces at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. You know, uh, I'm on Twitter and pretty much everything else as Nate underscore McKeever. You know. Uh, so if you want to follow me, sometimes I post things on Instagram. I, I have the Insta. Uh, I don't really, I'm not super on social media. Josh uh, is uh, at Broccolope on most things. Uh, that's, I think, well, that's his PSN screen name and at Nate underscore McKeever is mine. And so those are, and oh, yeah, I, I'm going to out him. But we got real excited because our boy, he done did oh, yeah. it, and he bought himself a PS4. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, mm, we're super excited welcome, about that. Welcome. We're uh, we we've been taught. Yes, welcome, welcome. We've been talking about uh, maybe organizing a little bit of a four four man Castle Crashers, yeah. a la <laughs> you know online. Um, but anyways, he's at Brocklope. I'm at Nate underscore McKeever. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all the things. And I just have to um, say, I have to say, have Josh, our- like, don't don't feel left out because you are absolutely going to be getting some kind of question episode soon. So you don't even think that you've escaped the, <laughs> rat, uh, the random questions. <laughs> um, well, he's we've got one locked away where I sort of grilled him. <laughs> uh, and at some point in time, we'll dig that out uh, and dump it. Nice. Uh, but, uh, uh, we have the Facebook group, the Backlog Book Club, like I said before, uh, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. Uh, and then we have uh, the the Twitter podcast, Twitter thing is at BB Downcast. Uh, so, yeah, we've done all the things. We've sort of, you guys uh, asked me some real, I was not expecting those. Good. Um, Humdingers. There's, there's some beefy... Be- yes, some humdingers, some hefty humdingers, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It, I want to thank you guys again for coming on and sort of. This is a good time. This is fun. Um, I really appreciate uh, just your support, your friendship, and just uh, y- y- you know, you guys just uh, hopping on the mics with us. But uh, until next time, guys, uh, what should they do? Just go surfing, man. Are you get. 
That that's not oh, the right okay. answer. You can uh, uh, beat down the the <laughs> backlogs while uh, break down Josh the benefits. Nate, break down the benefits of those backlogs that you're beating they, down yes. a whole lot. Beat them down <laughs> with a golf they club. They can keep beating down their backlogs, and Josh and I will hopefully break down the benefits. Until next time. <laughs>